Welcome to the Red Cloud Research Roundup, hosted by Red Cloud Financial Services. It is October 2nd. After a short hiatus, the research team is back with more news out of the junior mining sector. Managing Director and Head of Equity Research David Talbot is here to touch on Forum Energy Metals' Thelon Basin drilling results, as well as the completion of LCE test work from lithium developer Lake Resources. Taylor Combalusier, VP Mining Analyst, will be following up on drill results from North Isle Copper and Gold's North Island project. Rounding out the episode, mining analyst Alina Islam is here to update us on the robust PEA metrics for Latin Resources' Colina deposit and an updated resource estimate for Bradahead Lithium's Basin project. So with that, David, over to you. Thank you for that warm introduction, and welcome to episode 53 of Red Cloud Security's Research Roundup podcast. I'm David Talbot, Managing Director and Head of Red Cloud Research. Taylor, Alina, and I are pleased to join you today as part of an ongoing series of discussions with the Red Cloud Research team. First, I'd like to speak about Lake Resources, LKE, on the ASX. We have a buy recommendation and a $250 Australian target price. Lake had some pretty big news last week that had successfully completed its lithium carbonate test program from its catchy lithium brine in Argentina. 120,000 liters of lithium chloride brine concentrate was created using Lilac's direct extraction technology. And this concentrate was shipped from site and processed at Saltworks Lab in BC. This was a very important de-risking event. Multiple wells were used within the well field, and previous well field work included extraction and injection testing that demonstrated the necessary well capacity for commercial scale production. The DLE technology appears able to create the brine concentrate, and Lake attests that this proves that Lilac's DLE process works. Saltworks has helped define the processes required for the back end of the plant, and the brine concentrate can also be converted into battery grade lithium carbonate. Impurities are below design specifications and battery grade limits. And there are large amounts of lithium carbonate available for qualification purposes by potential operators. The demo plant will continue to operate until sometime in October. The goal is to process over 4 million liters of brine and produce 200,000 liters of brine concentrate. The Kachi DFS remains on track for December 2023. Mine planning and plant design are underway, targeting 25,000 tons per year over 25 years. And we believe they can double this production in phase two. And we see potential for economic improvement. Phase one should be able to start with off-grid power. And 20% higher lithium grades have recently been identified deeper brines within the well fields. Several milestones have now been completed. So now we're awaiting the DFS, the Credit Export Agency discussion results, offtakes and strategic alliance confirmation, and project financing and ultimately a construction decision. Having de-risked this project with more realistic estimates, helping to quell skepticism around the DLE technology, we believe the new management has brought Lake's story back on track. Once again, we recommend the stock with a buy and an Australian $2.50 target price. Secondly, I'd like to reintroduce listeners to a mature Canadian explorer, but with a new VPX and a new project that might be onto something very exciting. First off, uranium prices pushed through $73 a pound late last week. And while this rising tide is lifting a lot of boats, we remind investors that you still want to buy good companies and have good projects. This is why we continue to watch Forum Energy Metals, FMC, on the TSX Venture. 
We do not rate the stock at this time. The company has several Athabasca Basin projects. We are currently interested in its Thelon Basin project in Nunavut. This project has over 95,000 hectares of land and is adjacent to Arano's advanced Higavik project, which hosts 133 million pounds, grading 0.5%. The Thelon and Judge Sisson's fault cross the property, and these are the equivalent of being located along the Wollaston Trend in the Athabasca Basin. But land blocks of this size are unheard of in the Athabasca Basin, and having the dominant land position up here is great for foreign. So two weeks ago, Farm announced a very high-grade uranium drill hole. The intercept was 2.25% uranium over 11.1 meters. And this included 1.35% over 1.7 meters, 3.3% over 3.1 meters, and 7.3% over a meter and a half. And then last week, they followed this up with a second hit. 0.4% over 12.8 meters, and this intersection included 1.1% over 0.8 meters and 1.1% over 1.3 meters. So these two holes are about 200 meters apart along the same fault zone, and the mineralization is open in all directions. They are located within a gravity anomaly that measures about 1.5 kilometers by 700 meters kilometers in size. Now, historically in this area, holes were mostly drilled by Cameco at steep angles, and that was sub-parallel to the shears, and either uranium was hit very well or not at all. Thus, it was really hard to determine orientation of mineralization. That said, Cameco thought something was going on, but it did drop the property after Fukushima, and its exploration spending dried up. Now, Cameco's project manager has recently joined Forum Energy, and she is now employing new exploration techniques to help confirm the zone that they call Tadagak. She started by drilling the structure properly, essentially at a shallow angle across the fault, and these holes hit. This new interpretation of the zone suggests that uranium has hosted multiple steeply dipping parallel lenses within the fault zone. And to me, this appears much more like NextGen's aero deposit in a sense. And we do recommend NextGen with a buy $10 target price. And at Tadagak, uranium is found mainly within flat-lying, sulfide-bearing politic units within the granite. These shears might be helping some of the uranium and sulfides leak outside of the P-Lite and into the granites as well. This is a variation on the setting at Arano's adjacent deposits that host that 133 million pounds we were talking about, and those are only five kilometers away from this zone along strike. Forum wants to aggressively drill this project next year, perhaps drilling about 9,000 to 10,000 meters with two rigs. As recent work would show, these zones need to be drilled at tighter spacing and at the right angle to see what is really there. There is potential for unconformity-style mineralization, and there are targets across the property that could see additional regional work. So we believe this is a major uranium camp that is simply underexplored. So in summary, we do like this Thelon Basin story of Forum Energy. We believe these to be very positive results. They show potential continuity of mineralization, which previous exploration did not. And the results confirm structural controls over that mineralization. And that should facilitate further expansion of the uranium mineralization footprint, which remains open along strike and at depth. So let's leave it at that. Taylor, what do you have for us today? 
Thanks, Dave. This week, I'll be speaking about North Isle Copper and Gold, one of our top picks. We have a buy rating and $1.25 target price. North Isle reported assays from one hole drilled at the Northwest Expo target area at its 100% owned North Island Copper Gold project located in British Columbia. The Phase 1 hole was drilled at the high grade Zone 1 and returned the highest grade and thickest interval to date at Northwest Expo. It graded 2.13 grams per ton gold equivalent or 1.58% copper equivalent over 130 meters. That included a 15-meter interval grading 5 grams per ton gold equivalent or 3.71% copper equivalent. This high-grade mineralization remains open to the southeast and down dip. Importantly, the 15-meter subinterval has higher grades than found elsewhere on the property and represents a silicified hydrothermal breccia with large class of quartz-stockworked feldspar porphyry containing chalcopyrite and chalcosite. While chalcosite has a high copper content, it is not that prevalent in British Columbian porphyries due to their poorly developed supergene enrichment zones. This subinterval is likely the source quartz feldspar porphyry, which may be originating from the southeast of the highlight hole. We estimate that North Isle could likely delineate a mineral inventory of 40 to 50 million tons at 1.2 grams per ton gold equivalent containing 1.5 to 2 million ounces of gold equivalent at Northwest Expo. If drilling continues to return similar results, our estimate may prove to be conservative. We note that Northwest Expo is only 3.5 kilometers away from the Red Dog deposit and could potentially be incorporated into a revised mine plan as a starter operation, boosting the economics of the North Island project. Assays from three additional holes from Phase 1 and two holes from Phase 2 at Northwest Expo are pending. A third hole is underway targeting a potential downfaulted block of the known mineralization. A maiden inferred mineral resource is anticipated in the fourth quarter of this year, but could potentially be postponed if there are more positive results. Overall, we view these results positively as the 15-meter subinterval return grades that are five times higher than those typically found at porphyry deposits, particularly in British Columbia. This indicates that this is likely the source quartz feldspar porphyry. Should the pending assays for the other holes drilled at Northwest Expo return favorable grades or help vector towards the source porphyry, we believe a follow-up drill program would be warranted before a maiden mineral resource estimate. Over to you, Alina. Thanks, Taylor. So this week, I wanted to talk about two companies that published some major news. Uh, first off, we'll discuss Latin resources. We have a buy rating and Australian dollar 135 target on the stock. I would note that Latin is not a banking client. So Latin reported results from a PEA for the Colina deposit, which is a part of its Salinas lithium project in Brazil. The PEA outlined positive metrics, especially in light of the very conservative prices they have used for spodumene concentrates. So the study contemplates a two-phase mining operation over 11 years, producing an average of 405,000 tons per annum of a 5.5% concentrate, and then 123,000 tons per annum of a 3% concentrate. CapEx for the project is estimated at 253 million US dollars for phase one, and this includes pre-stripping, and then 55 million US dollars for phase two. And this is for a DMS-only operation with throughput starting off at 1.5 million tons per annum, but ramping up to 3.6 million tons per annum during phase two. Um, Talking about the cost, uh, all in sustaining costs are estimated 
at $536 a ton. And I would point out that this is in line with what Sigma is reporting at its operations. Um, this results in an after-tax NPV at 8% of 2.5 billion US and an IRR of 132% with a payback period of seven months, assuming a 5.5% concentrate price of about $1,700 a ton. Um, just for context, current price of a 6% concentrate is about $3,100 a ton. So you can see these are very robust metrics. So construction is expected to begin in 2025 with first production in 2026. Other near-term catalysts include an updated mineral resource estimate by the end of the year, followed by a DFS in mid-2024. Uh, the DFS will also evaluate potential options for decreasing costs, and this will include the possibility of shipping material to a converter in North America, as well as a phase three expansion study. So overall, these are very positive results from Latin. The production planned here from phase one and two is almost what Sigma is planning for its upcoming phase two and three operations. Um, so, you know, we keep comparing Latin to Sigma because we believe Latin is trailing behind Sigma when we look at its trajectory. We uh, published a research note on this last week. And if you take a look at page three of the report, we plotted Sigma's history and where Latin currently stands in comparison. So for those of you who thought they missed the boat on Sigma, we believe Latin may likely follow a similar trajectory. So um, I mentioned a few catalysts earlier, but other catalysts also include drill results from Salinas, as drilling is still underway with 11 rigs and approximately 25,000 meters left to be completed. Um, next, I want to talk about Brada Head Lithium. We have a buy rating and 40 cent target on the stock, and Brada is not a banking client. So Brada, again, put out very positive results. It's an updated mineral resource for the Basin Lithium Clay Project located in Arizona. The indicated and inferred resource has increased from 371,000 ton LCE to about 1 million ton LCE, and this represents an increase of about 192%. Average grades have also increased with this uh, updated resource to just over 900 ppm, and this represents a 22% increase over the previous resource estimate, which was published in uh, 2022. So, um, you know, I'd also highlight that this resource is based on a higher cutoff grade of 550 ppm lithium compared to 300 ppm previously. Uh, and while some of the tonnage in the indicated category did decrease, it is definitely a more robust estimate. Increasing the resource at the project has triggered the next 2.5 million payment from Lithium Royalty Corp. So the company will be very well funded to complete its uh, current and future exploration activities. Um, and the ongoing exploration at the project is uh, likely to get them to the next milestone of 2.5 million tons LCE. And this next milestone is important because it triggers the final payment of $3 million from Lithium Royalty Corp. I'd also highlight that the uh, current estimate was based on just 2,300 meters of drilling. So this uh, 2.5 million ton LCE number, um, you know, is very achievable 
uh, with approximately an additional one to one point five million dollars in in spending, and we could see this next milestone as early as 2024. There is plenty of upside potential still present on the property, as only 14% of the land package has been drilled to date, and previous drill results have shown that the higher grade upper clay unit. Uh, which which forms part of the current resource, extends into areas that are still untested, especially to the northern claims of the property. The upside present has been sort of quantified by SRK and an exploration target, which was initially estimated at 6 million tons of LCE, uh, has now changed to 4 million tons LCE. And, and this is because the company is now targeting higher grade material. So even though the exploration target has come down, they're looking at higher grade material, which will be better for the economics of the project. So overall, we view this uh, as a very positive update as Brada continues to advance both Basin as well as its San Domingo Pegmatite project, which is also located in Arizona. Uh, Just as a reminder to our audience, Brada owns the full spectrum of lithium deposits in the US, so clays, hard rock, and brine deposits. Uh, Given its strategic location, once these projects are developed, we believe these assets could become an integral part of the U.S. battery supply chain. So, um, you know, I mentioned drilling is ongoing at San Domingo, so a 10,000-meter drill program is underway, and we believe the market is very focused on seeing what these drill results entail. So that's it from me. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Red Cloud Research Roundup podcast. We hope you enjoyed this dive into the recent notable mining news. Remember, you can join us every Monday for new episodes. And as always, you can head over to redcloudsecurities.com to access our research portal, to read full disclosures, and to sign up to our email list. That's it for this episode, and see you next time.